Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Paolo de Carvalho. Paolo works for and is a member of the famous Cotarella family, winemaking family. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let, let's start with your background. You're from Brazil. Where are you from in Brazil and how did you end up in Italy? Yeah, well, I was born in Brazil in a city that's called Belo Horizonte, which is basically, it's an important city. It's not as famous as Rio, of course, but it's uh, still quite big. My grand-grandfather was Italian. He was from Campania. And uh, I had my Italian citizenship when I was 13 years old. Really? Yeah. Why, was, why, how, why did you get that then? Yeah, because the, 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 there was this law that allowed us to, uh, to get the citizenship as uh, being my, um, my um, grand, grandfather Italian. We were able to, you know, to track the, uh, the, uh, the, f- the family name and to get the citizenship while still in Brazil. So, so how was, old were you then? I was 13 years old. Right, okay. And then did you move to Italy? I moved to when I was 19 years old. So that's not, if you'd have moved at 13, that's a difficult age for a boy Oh yeah. to do that kind of thing. So 90, so your parents waited and then you, you ended up in, in Italy. So where did you land in Italy? Where did you start? Yeah, well, I, I first arrived in, you know, when I first arrived in, uh, in Italy, I was in Bologna and then I started studying in uh, Forli, which is a small city between between Rimini and Bologna, where there is actually the University of Bologna. There's a, there's a, a part of the university there. Oh, Oldest university in, in right. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One uh, one thousand eighty-eight. That's what they say. And um, I started studying economics there, what they call economia commercio. It's a type of course in economics and... Uh, Business economics. Right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And then, so I studied there uh, four years, and then I, I started working for Ernst & Young, actually. So a company... Ernst & Young? Right, yeah. It's uh, bas- well, it's a multinational company that uh, deals with mostly consultancy for, uh, you know, business consultancy in terms of of balance sheet and also let's say legal issues and I met my wife there while we were working there because Marta it's uh, that's your wife yeah she's she's the oldest daughter of Renzo Cotarella and she used to work for Ernst Young too basically she she was not uh, working in the company she was not in Familia Cotarella yet and we met there while uh, in, in this uh, consultancy company but had you been exposed to wine before then oh absolutely I mean in Brazil or obviously in Italy but I mean in Brazil was it did you have wine at the table or not really oh yeah well that actually we used to which is a kind of uh, let's say it's an unusual thing in Brazil but for uh, considering my Italian heritage we used to have wine I mean of course my parents and my grandfather they used to have wine always in the table so I was like uh, a little bit used to it I didn't have the culture that I have now of course but we were already introduced to which wine when we were we were a little kid so there was something about it even in Brazil okay so you married into the Cotarella family should right. we say 
Yeah. And then, so um, how did that work? And you obviously now work for them. How did that work? Did they say, obviously, you've got expertise with your business background? Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, at that time, when we decided to get married, the, the two brothers, so Ricardo and Renzo, they were looking for someone to take care of uh, export, someone that, you know, uh, possibly want uh, leave the winery because in this business there are a lot of people that change work, that change wineries, and and sometimes it's difficult to you know to build uh, a strong relationship with someone that works for you. So basically, you're saying the fact that you've married into the family means you're going to stick around. Well, absolutely. Well, yeah. The, 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 the we hope. Is, yeah, absolutely. The thing is that um, this family is very they are very attached to each other, and I was very lucky because uh, I'm considered as a son. I say and consider that basically the two brothers they live together at the same house and they have just one bank account uh, every single Sunday we are always together in the same table to talk about wine to of course having you know the the, 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 the you know, Sunday lunch who's the best cook out of the team oh the best cook is is basically Domingo which is Marta's niece so Marta has one sister okay. one of Renzo's daughter because Renzo has two, so we have Marta and Enrique. Enrique is the uh, is the um, the youngest, and then we have also Dominga. But Dominga, of course, it's um, Ricardo's daughter. And who's the elder of the two brothers, the two Cotter? Who are the two Cotterella brothers, and who is the eldest? Oh, the uh, the eldest is uh, Ricardo, and uh, Ricardo basically he participated to the wine revolution in Italy in the eighties, and uh, he is among the most quoted winemakers in the world now, and and he's been doing a lot for a lot of different regions in Italy so he consults for over uh, 60 wineries in the world today so. and give, give us the names of a few of the famous ones yeah absolutely so we have we have Montezovo in uh, Veneto we have uh, Leone Castres in Puglia we have uh, La Guardienza in Campania we have there's a lot of there's a few one in P- Piedmont too we have Tuscany yeah Tuscany his current work with Sai Agricola so we have Poderina which is in uh, Montalcino and then you have Volpaia which is um, a very very interesting Chianti so in, they are they are in the Chianti area Chianti Classico Chianti Classico yeah and then they uh, they just he just got the uh, Chitra uh, winemaking management. Chitra it's a it's a, it's a big company. They are in in market. They produce a fairly interesting amount of wine. And uh, the thing about Ricardo is that he has uh, also uh, participated. To, let's say he focused on regions that initially they were not extremely famous. Let's say Campania in the uh, in the end of the 70s, it was an interesting region, but not extremely important. And in that period, he developed wines like Montevetrano, Terra di Lavoro. And at the same time with us, I mean, with the, 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 the Cotarella Femini Winery, he was developing the uh, Montiano, which is our Merlot flag, flagship. So basically, we're talking about the Merlot that comes from Lazio region and other wines that comes from Campania region with indigenous varieties, international varieties. So he looked for doing something different, actually. So at lunchtime, who chooses the wine? Is there a big fight about oh. what you're going to have? Or? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, let's say that I am getting to, you know, to have that responsibility now. So let's say that in the house, when we're eating, so when we're having fun, I'll take care of it. But when, of 
course, we are talking about our wines. We're going to talk about tasting and deciding the blends and everything. We have Ricardo in charge. And there's also, of course, Pier Paolo Chiasso, that is uh, basically the, um, the right arm of Ricardo in the winery. And he is the uh, husband of Dominga. So... As you can see, all the families involved into the business. So, what is the does the family? Obviously, the family estate. So, the brothers live together, the, the, and their families are all together in one place. Their, their, their family farm. What's it called, and what village is it in? Oh yeah, we are. We live next to Orvieto. Okay. So uh, the winery is in Montecchio. It's 15 kilometers south of Orvieto, and we live all around Orvieto. There's a, a house of where we stay mostly in the summer. Where to Orvieto, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's between Norvieto and a little town called Monte Rubialio, and that little town basically is where the two brothers were born. So we are there's a there's a you know there's a country house there in the middle of these two small cities, small towns, and we are always together there when we're not traveling, of course. Okay, let's just finish by talking a little bit about um, international markets. Yeah. What are the trends that you're seeing, particularly, say, in uh, North America? Well, I'd say that in North America still sticks with, uh, let's say, some, f I would say, famous uh, varieties, like, let's say, uh, you know, Pinot Grigio is always strong, Piemonte and Toscana is always strong, I see that Brunello and uh, Barolo, they are always strong. Uh, actually, uh, this there's some nice news too. We bought a small winery Montalcino now, so we are dealing with Brunello Montalcino as well. Le Maciocche. Right, yes, and it's it's going really well. So you see that the interest in this type of wines are very, very, it's high. I'd say that uh, in the US, people are uh, spending a little bit more money for Italian wines. Let's say that we just saw a small survey from Wine Spectator and it looks like almost 50% of the people that they interviewed, they are buying wines, they are $30 and more uh, at the retail price. From our point of view, we focus a lot also on the Vitiano, which is lower than that. But the Vitiano is a brand in the United States because uh, basically it was rated as one of the best values uh, Italy has ever given to the market. Vitiano. Vitiano, yes. So is that a range of what, varietal wines or blends? Or? Oh, this is a blend. So the Vitiano is a blend. You have Sangiovese, Merlot and Cabernet. Uh, and it was coated in the beginning. Uh, Parker helped us, I'd say, because he loved the wine since from the beginning. So I'd say that this, from the beginning, gave us, gave us a hand. So it basically is a wine that you find, let's say, for $12 retail, and they always drink well. That's the idea of Vitiano. The Vitiano White is already a blend too. We're talking about Chardonnay Vermentino. Then we go for our uh, cruise. So we have the Montiano. It's a 100% Merlot. Uh, very, let's say, quote, and interesting because Merlot works quite well in central Italy, I'd say. And uh, now the new is the uh, the Machoque State. That's basically, it's, uh, it's helping us to promote the high-end wines of so flex the It's a flagship, isn't it? Yeah. The cherry on the cake. Right, well, absolutely. I want to say thanks today to my guest, Paolo de Carvalho. Thank you. Thank you for to inviting us. To um, giving us a little insight into the life of the Cotarella family, of which you are now part. Thank you very much. Nice to have you. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.